BizQuick podcast hits on the struggles and advantages of being an entrepreneur. It's for anyone who's made the commitment to burn the boats and not look back. Are you a busy entrepreneur or small business owner trying to do it all? Then this podcast is for you. Corey and Julie will take you through the details of building a strong business. Hit the subscribe button and gear up for another episode of BizQuick Podcast. Hello and welcome to BizQuick. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. Way there. (laughs) Uh, today's show, we've got Terry Bang on. He is the author of Attract and Keep Customers for Life. Um, and he's a, a branding expert, uh, business consultant, coach, all of that fun mm-hmm. stuff. Author, speaker, customer experience expert. Yeah. And we're going to talk to him today about customer retention. And, um, I don't want to say how important it is because everybody should realize how important it is, but the different aspects of your business that might feed into customer retention that you don't really consider part of that that part of your business that you know customer retention like it could be how quickly uh, you know oh man it was easy to pay my bill online just little things like that that keep people coming back versus the oh they had I connected with them personally which is important but I don't know what are your thoughts do you have any <laughs> I I do. I was just um, thinking about customer retention from the regard of how you were just describing it, because that's not um, how I would. That's not how I typically look at it, and so it was an interesting um, concept to me. I I think the easiest way to retain a customer is to. One, do what you say you're going to do. So either deliver a really solid product or service. And two, to build a relationship that's based on trust, especially if you are in, um, if you're selling a service. And yeah, you definitely need to build that trust and you need to deliver on what you, and I, I think that's for any business not even services not just services I mean any business people have to trust that they're going to get what they ordered they purchased you know that it's going to be of the quality that they expect and that uh, that's not going to like there's going to be no surprises Mm -hmm. unpleasant surprises let's say Mm -hmm. Um, but I think that when you know what I was talking about is like all of those extra things because at a certain point uh, that delivering on what you say you're going to deliver is kind of a qualifier. Like, yeah, if I'm going to purchase something from you, of course, I don't want, I don't want to buy something like buy this service and find out that I'm getting a different service. So like for me, that's not as important as, um, in the customer retention, because like in my mind, it doesn't breed loyalty and, as or or uh, I don't know, like not so much loyalty. It's just that again, it's just that all those little things. I guess the people who pay attention to the details. So I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to be doing, but then here's all these other little things that just make your experience as a customer that much easier. Like I hate. Um, we were just talking to a client today about this. Like when I have to go online to make a payment for the county, 
I have to type in all my information. I have to type in my customer number. I have to type in the date. I have to, I have to like just fill out the form because mm-hmm. I can't pull up just the form. Now I can go move to a different county, sure, but right now I'm kind of stuck. Mm-hmm. But if I had a choice of a different county government here and I didn't have to move, who is a little more technologically savvy, I would choose them. Mm-hmm. I, I'm with you. I don't you taking like you want to make the experience as frictionless as possible for the customer right because then it the easier it is the harder it is for a customer to go find or go go move to someone else to get that product and or service from right so um it's you know think about so you know i love grocery stores right i love yes. the grocery store um i love to meander around them all the things i don't know why i can't explain it but i do and for me, like the cleanliness of the grocery store and the smell of the grocery store are and and how, the, how pretty the produce looks, those are like like top for me, top. I don't even like price isn't even on the list at the grocery store for me, right? So as you know, I will drive I drive I probably drive past. 25 grocery stores to get to the grocery store that I'm going to. And it doesn't even phase me until I get to the grocery store and they've rearranged the aisles. And then I'm like, why would you do that? Yeah. (laughs) And so now they've added friction into my experience that I don't need, but I'm still not going to switch my grocery store. Yeah. Um, that's a bit pretentious. Not really, but <laughs> I, I'm more of a convenience factor. So there's there's one sure. near here. I, you know, I go to Kroger for most of my shopping. Yeah, and but yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. Like they they did some sort of because uh, they used to have all of their organic and natural stuff in one section, and now it's throughout the dispersed the store. Yeah, which makes sense because I can go like if I want to buy some peanut butter, they've got regular peanut butter, organic peanut butter. Sure, sure, sure. sure. Instead of having to go to the organic aisle for those things. Nature's path or but whatever it when is. They, yeah. When they did that, they reorganized the entire store, and I was like, I don't know about this, guys. Like, I I used to know where everything is, and now I don't, and I don't like that. Or if you go to, like, a different Kroger, and you walk through, you're like, that's not how my Kroger does it. <laughs> <laughs> I Yes, it's crazy, right? And I and it's I, I guess that's one of the, the tragedies of being an adult. You get frustrated when the grocery store gets rearranged, yes. but that it's, it, it adds friction to your experience, which is frustrating. So, um, customer retention is an interesting thing. You want to obviously, you want, you want to do the things so that price is, doesn't become an option or become an obstacle, right? You want to be able to, you have good service or it's a good product. You exceed the expectations. You treat your customer well. You make it easy for them to pay you money. Like I will never understand people who make it difficult for you to give them money. Yeah, that's always baffled me. I'm sure I've complained on this podcast about that. I'm, just I'm sure you have. The number of times where I'm like, I just want to pay you money. They're like... Yeah. You so, can't do that here. You've yeah. got to call this other number. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's um, take a quick break and bring in Terry. With so many things competing for our attention these days, efficiently acquiring and retaining customers is critical for small businesses. And that's why we launched Certivium, the newest business from the SB Pace team. Certivium is a business created specifically for entrepreneurs who need a hand with customer service, customer engagement, and social media management. We are an affordable option that any small business looking to grow needs to help maintain the most important part of their business. 
their customers. Find out if Certivium is right for your business at certivium.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We've got Terry Begg on to talk about customer retention, um, friction in sales, all of that type of stuff. So how are you doing today, Terry? I'm great. How are you, Corey? Doing well, doing well. We're looking forward to this conversation because we have some thoughts on it and we already kind of realize that our opinions are maybe a little bit different in terms of <laughs> what's important in that in that customer retention in terms of uh, Julie's thoughts are that it's about um, providing the service and the trust and connecting with the client and or the customer. And, and I was thinking more about all of like the little details, just the people who go above and beyond to just make the, the experience a little better, a little easier, just more enjoyable as a customer. So what are your thoughts? Well, you, you guys have uh, nailed a lot of it right there. Um, it's about doing more than, and, you know, I make a lot of promises to my customers, I, I, I verbally and in writing, and I keep every one of those promises and do a little bit more. I found uh, what I call overpromise and then overdeliver. On top of that, it's what gets you remembered. And um, absolutely, that is so important. To, to, there's little things we're always being judged, uh, especially in the service industry where you might be coming into the customer's home and they're always looking at what you're doing, what you're saying, and they're they're making a judgment call whether you're the right person for the job or not. And it's not always the most talented guy or gal that gets the job. It's usually it's the one that's the most trusted. Yep. So built that mm-hmm. building trust is really important, especially if you're talking about service related selling, right? Mm-hmm. I think I think trust is probably more important on the service side than it is on the product side to get the sale, right? That right. initial sale. So how do you what are some things that you're that you either coach people on or that you talk about in your books? Um, Mm -hmm. or courses around that trust building piece? Sure. Um, What I did in my book is I broke it into four points, what I call the four abilities. And what they are is likability, believability, trustability, and wow ability. The the goal is to get to trust. That's the most important piece. But what I found is it it takes time when you're trying to establish a relationship. and And it's a very short time when you're dealing with a customer. And I stepped, I try to step the reader through by saying, you know, first you got to become likable and things that you got to do to make yourself more likable to your customer. And even then it's still too big of a jump to go from like to trust. So I still have the credibility piece, which is build, making yourself more believable to your customer. So they'll give you a chance to sell to them and show you are the real deal. When it comes to trust and and building trust, like for me, it's funny, as skeptical as I am of most things, when it comes to somebody uh, trying to sell me a service, I'm I'm pretty, tr- like, I, I believe, why, why would they lie about what they're doing? Like, I kind of approach it like that, um, which is not, you know, naive, because everybody lies, not everybody, most <laughs> people, a lot of people lie about yeah. how good they are and, and all of that. But for me, like, once you lose my trust, it's gone. And I'm like, I'm never coming back. Like I'm, and I'm not going to tell you why or whatever. It's like, you, you just straight up lied to me. I'm out. That's fine. Um, but so like, so if you lose that trust or for whatever reason, like you oversell yourself, how do you build that trust back? You get it back. That that's tough. Sometimes, like you said, people they're not, if, especially if they're non-confrontational, they're just going to go away, and you're never going to know really what happened, other than you you can't connect with them. So. It may be hard to get it back for some people. The way to stay around that, get around that is just 
do what you say you're going to do when you're going to do it. And if you feel there's a chance you might not be able to do it, then don't make the promise or at least leave yourself an out there if you can. It, it, it is hard, but if people will give you a chance, you can repair that trust, but it's almost like little credits that you build up, right? And early on, you don't have a lot of credit. It, it just depends on your reputation, your brand going forward. You know, Are you a person of integrity? And that's what people wanna see. I'm, I'm just right now writing an article um, for a painting, the, one of the painting magazines that I write for about creating a brand based on um, based on, um, oh, I just, I did just draw a blank there, uh, <laughs> based on integrity and honesty. And, and it takes time to build up to that. But there are things you can do, like keep your promises, show up when you say you're going to be there. I even call when I'm on my way to give an estimate to a customer. They love that I do that. When I, when I first started doing it, honestly, it's because I was in a hurry. I wanted them to be ready when I got there. But what I found is they loved it, that I would take a minute and call them. I was even doing that before they had cell phones. So I've been around for a while. I would stop at a payphone or when I left my house, say, I'm going to be there in a little bit. And it really separated me out from the competition. And it already started that whole trust credit thing building up. What's a payphone? <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Yeah, I was like, don't try and sneak that. In, I'm sure Julie's used at least one payphone in her life. I even remember before they had payphones, they had pay or uh, cell phones, they had pagers, oh, and yeah. my wife would page me, and if it went off, I would run to a payphone to say, "Who was it? What's their number?" And I would call them right away. And I was on top of it. I had to build a business to build, and I really worked hard at it. But the key was getting back to people right away and showing up when you say you're going to and keeping your promises. I think that's when I when I lost trust in technology is when I had a pager and everything got a 911 after it. Oh, yeah. And I was like, <laughs> like if not, not everything's an emergency, so I'm just going to disregard everything. everything. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, I saw on, I don't, if something, um, maybe LinkedIn or um, your, your bio on Podmatch that um, you have, I, and I, I think I'm remembering this correctly. Over the past 20 years, you have an 80% close rate. Oh my gosh. Right now it's more like, and this is going to sound crazy, but probably 95%. But, but I have to qualify that by telling you all of my customers now are either referrals or repeat business. So they're hiring me before I even get there most of the time. And so my closing rate was really high when I developed what I call the four abilities, but now it's been years and years and years of doing that and providing um, a business based on integrity that I, I get just about every job that I bid. When people call me, they don't say, hey, I want you to come and give me or ask for a free estimate like they used to. Um, now they just say, I want to get on. I don't want to fall farther behind. Can you put me on your list? And I say, well, I haven't even looked at your job yet. And he said, well, I know you'll be fair. Just put me on your list because they know I fill up for the year. We only do certain types of jobs. And in Ohio, we only have about 100 days to work outside painting. Okay, so you are you are you painting houses? Painting? What are you painting? Yes, okay. yes I'm sorry. I should have said that I'm, I'm a painting contractor. Okay. But we have a specialized niche of just what we do best and, and makes the best money and last the customer everybody's happy that way i know you look like a trustworthy guy but someone says like 95 percent close rate and all i want to do is say bullshit like there's no way but i actually believe you well sure and I like i mean I, when you first mentioned that i was thinking service like you were selling consulting or coaching or something mm -hmm. i'm like that's total bullshit yeah. but, <laughs> but like but then if you think about it like if you think about 
let's bring up a restaurant. We've never done that before. Um, Wait, restaurant? Yeah. We've, no, we don't talk I about know. restaurants on this podcast at, at all. all, Terry. But <laughs> but if you think about it, restaurants have a 99% close rate probably on their customers because pretty much everybody walking in that door is going to buy something. You know? Yes. Never looked at it that way. That's there true. There are some people who look at the menu and they're like, eh, or they see the weight and they're like, oh, we'll go somewhere else. Yes. But by and large. Yeah. So so that's, so you have the, um, the ref- a lot of referral business. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is a, you have a service-based business, but you have an end result that is a tangible thing that people can see. Correct. Which helps, right? Because you can use that for testimonials and oh building gosh, credibility yeah. and, and whatnot. But still, even at that, 95% is, that's, that's crazy. You, you know, it's funny you mentioned testimonials because I, I devoted an entire chapter to testimonials. I thought it was that important mm-hmm. because what someone else says about your business or your, or you that has nothing to gain from it is powerful. It, it's a hundred times more believable than anything you say. And if you went to my bag painting website, you'd see a list that you scroll for, I don't know, maybe a hundred testimonials of people saying what they loved about doing business with me. And that, that works two ways. One, people see the long list. They don't read all of them, but they go, wow, he has this many. He must be, he must be doing okay. But the second thing is I see by what they say, what's important to them. And rarely do they say, you guys are great painters. I always thought that's what it was till I started getting these testimonials. They said, no, we like that you answered our questions and you were on time and you you finished the job when you said you'd be finished. All the little things that really aren't necessary people or um, technical skills as much as they are people skills. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm wondering now, like, it's a great way to ensure that you're always going to be busy. You're always going to have money coming in. You're, you're creating, I'm not going to say artificial demand, but you are in the sense that there's only so many of you and your crews and, and that can do that work. Um, and like, uh, and I'm wondering, like, have you, <clears throat> excuse me, have you considered, and I'm sure you have like growing your crew? Cause you're like, if I can get a hundred jobs this summer, and I still have people waiting for work. I might be able to get 150 next summer. I might be able to hire a couple more crews. But then at that, then at a point, your your business model changes a bit, and you might not be able to deliver the service that you were before. Well, it sounds like you you know my life. I mean, that was exactly where I was in a short time. Once I figured out the best kind of business out there, the jobs that we turn over really quick, we wanted to do just those, and we got to where we're doing 80 or 90 homes in a summer. And it said, well, this was this has been great. I'm going to start a second crew because I was getting more calls. I couldn't paint for everyone. And within about two years, I realized this just isn't for me. We started losing quality. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't be there all the time. I'm not as good of a leader as I am a, a customer service expert, I guess you would say. And I went back to just one crew and decided I'd rather... I'd rather just be in one group where I can control that and be there with the customer. And I know it doesn't give as much value to my business if I ever wanted to sell it because I I probably am what they're buying a lot of times. Mm-hmm. But life is so much easier this way when I don't have all these employees. That that was the only thing I didn't like about what I did. So now I just have a handful of guys, but we still knock out 70 or 80 homes a summer. We we Every day that it's nice, we're usually finishing a job because we, we do what we can spray and move in and out on really quick. Nice. So one of the things that you can do that will um, 
allow you to still continue to be more in that owner driven business model where you're very, very much in the day to day. Um, but still allow you to have a bigger value for your business if you ever want to sell it, right? Because you hit the nail on the head there. You are, you know, you're, you're pretty much, you're the brand, you're the you're the guy, is if you have everything docu- well documented for why mm-hmm. your customer service process, why you're, you deliver such outstanding service, like how it's done, that if, you know, Joey bag of donuts came in and made you this irresistible offer for your business. You could maybe hang around for a summer, but if everything is documented, they can take it over and then Mm -hmm. that value is still there. So Mm -hmm. that's one of the things you can do for yourself. If you're look, if you at some point decide that you're like, okay, I'm I'm done doing this. Correct. And and what's helped me a lot too, I should say, this is my 43rd year in business. I I started this when I was 18. And so I had some time to build it, Mm -hmm. but I really suffered in the early years. So I figured things out and that took about eight years. Yeah. Do um, do you, um, I, so 43 years, you definitely (laughs) probably have some people that have, you have painted their house or painted more than one home for people, right? You've got some repeat customers, but as, cause I was going to say, you probably don't have, what's your average, what's the average, um, cycle if you get a repeat customer so you get them year one and then you get them what again like year seven year 11 for for, for outside painting it's usually i've noticed about maybe 11 to 15 years somewhere in between there but what's bizarre is probably one house a week if we probably every fourth house that we paint is a repeat customer someone we painted their house before um, and those ones that aren't their referrals they're you know oh, and i always ask them where did you hear about me because i don't advertise and uh, very few people stumble across my website. So so it, it's always referral um, or repeat and repeats more often than I ever thought it would be when, when you think about how many times you would paint the outside of your house. And especially if it's aluminum siding, which doesn't peel like wood might, we, we avoid those jobs. They're just too labor intensive. And the the amazing thing about anything like that when it comes to something that's so visible to everybody else, whether it's the paint, landscaping, the roof. I mean, I, I had to get my roof replaced last year, about a year ago. And one of my neighbors was just blown away. He's like, those guys were so quick. It looks nice. And he, I need their number. He's like, I need, and just like that. And cause he was just watching them work. Um, and the same thing is like, you're walking down the street and you see that Julie's house just got painted and man, that looks nice. And then you look at your house in comparison and you're just like, mm-hmm. ah, Hey Julie, who did your house? Cause mine looks like crap now. So, you know, it's not, in, not in this neighborhood anyways, but mm-hmm. in some neighborhoods I would imagine it's that way. Yeah. Yeah. We get into allotments where all the houses were built at the same time and it's aluminum siding and they fade at the same time. And, and my gosh, we've got some neighborhoods we painted, I want to say 30 or 40 homes now in um, where I, in North Canton, Ohio, where I live. Wow. That's a, that's a good number. Um, so what is the, um, for any, you know, small business owners who are really struggling with, you know, that, that customer service or, you know, the, the customer retention, what are some tips that you can give to our listeners to help them out? Think about the customer. When I first started, I looked at my customers as like an obstacle to my success. You know, either they hired me and I won or they didn't hire me and they won. But it wasn't until I realized that they were the very pathway to my success. And what I mean is if you operate your business with a a customer centric attitude, like 
what can I do to make them happy? We all understand what great customer service is because we're all customers at one time or another. And if, and if you can look at it that way, how can I make my business more in demand? What, what would help? What would they want? And it broke down to just little things in my book that I talk about, like, as I said, being on time, keeping your promises, clean up after yourself, um, return calls. I can't tell you how many people tell me I'm the only painter to call them back. And it just blows me away. As soon as a guy gets busy, he just stops returning phone calls until he needs work again. And I see that across the board in the trades. And it seems like in, with painters more than anyone, maybe it's just me because that's what I deal with. But everybody says I'm the only painter to call him back. When I say everybody, I want to say five out of seven at wow. least. That's pretty high. Um, we're just about <laughs> short on we're short on time, but I, I do have one final mm-hmm. question for you. I am curious um, if you your crew that you have, have you had the same crew with you for a long time and you um, have sort of been able to avoid some of the labor problems that a lot of the trades are having, or are you, you're experiencing the same things and you're just figuring it out? Just recently with the COVID and everything, uh, I've started getting, having problems with finding the right people. A couple guys quit me after they've been with me for like 17 years and um, one state. So I always have somebody that stays on that's been there a while, understands the process and the system. But this last year and a half has been really tough finding the right people. I've had to use Indeed and I've gone in and out a few people, but I still got my one guy that's been with me forever. And uh, we're, we keep thinking this spring coming up, things are going to be better. Hope that's not wishful thinking, but it has been tougher lately. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Well, you're not alone. So don't feel bad for yourself for sure. <laughs> you're not alone. Yes. Yeah. Um, so before we go, uh, Terry, is there anything that we can do for you? Wow. The only thing I could think is if um, you could um, send them to my, I just had a course come out about a week ago. It launched and it's titled Unnoticed to Unforgettable. And I can, I, the URL will be in the show notes, I think where that is. And my book is out and you could get it on Amazon, the Kindle version for, I think, $3.99. It's titled Attract and Keep Customers for Life. And that's exactly what it's about. Great. Well, we appreciate it, uh, Terry. And thank you to all of our listeners. And like Terry said, uh, everything that he, uh, the ways that you can connect with him will be in the show notes and everything else about the show will be in the show notes. Yes, everything will be in the show notes. If you want to work with us, um, you can check out the show notes. No, just kidding. (laughs) If you're interested in working with us, um, but you're not yet at the point where you really are able to pay, um, we have a ton of free content that is available on our website. We've got courses and our podcast, um, and we you can find us on pretty much every social media platform that exists except the Twitter. We are not on the Twitter, but we're on LinkedIn, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. We have a YouTube channel, which has a great, um, a, all of a sudden I forgot the name of the word, a great playlist that is called project 365 where every day for a year, Corey and I have released a new video. We will be cheering on March 15th because that was when that project ends. But there's some great information out there. And if you want to work with us and pay us, we will gladly take your money. Um, but we will over deliver. And now I guess we're going to also over promise as Terry does. But you can find out everything at sbpace.com. Don't forget to download and rate this podcast, subscribe, and give us a review. If you want to be on the show, reach out to us about any topics that you might want us to cover. You can connect with us, find all 
Find out all that information on sbpace.com. And check out our weekly radio show, Defeat the Chaos. It's on the Voice America Business Channel. Um, and again, links to that are on our website as well. Everything's on the website. Everything is on the website. But just so I can say it, the radio show is Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern. Did I, did I make did I say the wrong day again? You didn't say okay. a day. <laughs> but you can listen to it at any time. You can. Yeah. You can. That is completely true. Um, we have a book. It's a Amazon number one bestseller. It's called Seriously, Now What? A Small Business Guide to Disaster Preparedness. It comes with a digital download workbook. And if you've already bought it, well, dang it, go back to Amazon and rate and review it and tell us what you think of it so that if we need to write a second book, we know exactly what to do. That is it for today's show. I'm Corey. I'm Julie. And this was BizQuick, helping small businesses across America.